Oh, hello there. So glad you could come along. I am the Dream Finder. Yes, folks, we only have high-class stuff on this show. And now, here's a special treat out of Tampa. We hope that this voyage you're about to take, 20,000 leagues under the sea, will stimulate your interest in the phenomenon of life in the ocean depths. It's called a salute to all nations, mm -hmm. but mostly America. Great! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Magic Kingdom proudly presents our spectacular festival pageant of nighttime magic and imagination. In thousands of sparkling lights, and electro-synthomagnetic musical sounds. The WDW Radio, your information station. Hello everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 281 for the week of July 1st, 2012. Every attraction in Walt Disney World tells a story, and in many cases there's a moment, reveal, detail, song, or element that resonates with all of us. And sometimes that magical moment comes as the attraction comes to an end. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 attraction finales in Walt Disney World. I'll then have the answer and winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, and then pose a new, different type of question for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Be sure and stay tuned for the announcements, including information about upcoming WDW Radio events and much more, as well as your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. There's so much that each of us enjoys and looks forward to, remembers, and anticipates when we think about Walt Disney World. And for some, it's the music, the architecture, the smells. Seriously, the top 10 smells that we did, like on show 75, is still one of my favorite and most popular shows. It could be the food, but really when you think about it at its core, and, and why many of us went to Walt Disney World in the first place, is because of the legendary attractions. From laughs to thrills to chills and just pure fun, there's something for everybody at Walt Disney World. And for some of our personal favorites, there may be a moment, a scene, a sound, a line, or something else that really resonates with us. And for some of these attractions, that moment takes place, like a great book, movie, or play, in the last act, in that final scene, that big reveal. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 attraction finales in Walt Disney World. And joining me once again is someone who, like many of these attractions, saves the best for last. I have no idea what I mean by that, but he is, of course, Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine and GuideToTheMagic.com. Well, I knew exactly what you meant by that. Do you really save the best for last? And I was almost going to break out in song, but... 
Well, no, since I can't get in a word in edgewise at the end of this show. <laughs> no, don't say I try and get the best out front so I can beat you to the punch. But this one was surprisingly difficult. I was going to ask you because when we when I first sort of threw this idea out to you, I said, oh, I was a no-brainer. Sure. There's dozens we have to choose from, right? So this is going to be easy. Okay. There's so many classic attractions and ones that we continue to ride and we think about those moments but as we start to put the list together I'm like huh this is harder than I thought well like the moments a lot of the moments we think of are and I think we touched on these with wow moments and those sort of things they happen in the middle in the beginning I was, I was trying to think of the the show stopping ends and I got some but so without really what it was was there one that when you thought about this immediately came to mind well an honorable mention came to mind <laughs> <laughs> well i mean is there one specifically maybe that you look forward to most like one that maybe is now, well that's what i that's what i was trying to go through on the list is uh what do like the the moments that i look forward to i largely wouldn't consider them finale moments so that's where i kind of stopped in my tracks and I yeah, went, huh, wait, and let me think about this. You know, what are they? You know, and I went through all of them and picked them out. And, um, and there's, they kind of surprised me what I came up with. It's not what you would think of. So, I was the same way. And I said, well, maybe other ones that I like to show people. Or, you know, when I, when I'm sure we're, we're similar in that sometimes we like to go with people who are first timers, who haven't been to Walt Disney World in a long time. And I like to watch their reaction as much as I watch the attraction itself, because I like to show them things, or I like to see how they respond to some of these moments or finales. So I tried to think of it in those terms as well, too. And then, like you, the ones that I thought would be on the list weren't. And then I was going to ones that attractions maybe I hadn't thought of, except when I termed them in sort of that, that attraction finale moment. Yeah. So do I? So do I give you the the distinction of going first, going or do first. I let you really save the best for last? Uh, well, no. I, as I learned, I better go first. <laughs> um, we're gonna. Over, I'm sure we're gonna overlap at least I'm, two I'm of sure these. Sure, we are. Well, what I'm gonna go out the gate with, and th- what I thought was, and I again, I have no idea what your list looks like, so I could be totally contradicting what you have written down. But I, my my initial thought was, it'll be pretty much every headliner thrill attraction is going to be on this list and the more i thought about it and where i went through them no they're not and uh the, the one i did come up with that i could put on this list but there's an asterisk next to it is splash mountain which is going to be my first one and i'm nodding i'm nodding in agreement in that should be on the list or should be well on here the list. this is actually a good a good example of what the uh, the problems I had with many other attractions and whether they should be on this list or not. I mean, the obvious um, highlight, the obvious big wow moment is the drop. And there's no mistaking. It's a spectacular experience. Um, the few things I'll say about it, uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening has done this drop over 100 times themselves, but... Um, I like if I'm with new people and I'm telling them what to look for, I do plead with them, don't shut your eyes and cower like I'm doing, <laughs> but keep your eyes open as you go over the top. And if you can manage to not lose your mind, you'll get a magnificent view of Cinderella Castle, which is spectacular at night, I might add. That's what, for me, I put Splash Mountain 
we've talked about nighttime attractions too. I don't know if we threw this in there, but this does go on my list of attractions to do at night, which ordinarily wouldn't make a lot of sense since most of it takes place inside. But just for that view, um, definitely worth going on at night to get that view of Cinderella Castle at night and, and the surrounding attractions. But that's not really the finale. And that's the problem I ran into on this list. That you you would think, you know, you drop your ovary circle around, wipe your glasses, and and you're done. But there's another scene to go yet. In fact, there's a couple scenes to go, and that's where I ran this problem on the attraction because the 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 boat scene is 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 magical and whimsical, and it's 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 very well done and fun to look at, and fun to find the hidden Mickey in the clouds. Um, now, would I rate that up there as my favorite all-time attraction of finales? I'm not sure, but it's there. And even better, that's not the final scene. Because <laughs> I mean, you get a little, you get a little uh, tail end of Zippity Doo Don Brer Rabbit sitting there, and then you finally make your way up to the end. Um, I will give Splash Mountain the nod though, because the highlight of the moment came close enough to the end of the ride that I'll call it a finale. Um, but this was indicative of what I was running into. What I saw as highlights weren't finales. They were you know, earlier on in the attractions towards the middle. And I was wondering if there was a reason for that in a the, in the theatrical um, sense of you know, building up to the conflict, letting us, letting us, the guest, cool down or ramp down a little bit after we get off. I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason to that. I'm sure there is. I think there is too. I mean, I think that um, I think that a lot. Look, these these all these attractions. I think Splash Mountain is one of the exceptional examples of great, you know, three act structure in terms of storytelling. You know, right. you've got this establishment in the first act, and then you sort of the rising action of the second act, and then the third really is that sort of resolution of the story. And I, I right. will tell you that Splash Mountain was on my list for that mm. final scene because when you do step into uh, or float into that final scene. You see the Zippity Lady. You've got this great song in Zippity Doodah, which, by the way, won an Academy Award for Best Original Song from the, the 1946 film. So that, for me, did very much strike a chord as a great finale. It was sort of the ultimate revo- resolution. It is that happily ever after part of the storytelling in terms of Br'er Rabbit, you know, coming to the realization and going home and that whole nine yards. So... Right. This one for me did resonate in in that third act in that final scene. Although I do agree with you that this is one of the attractions that when I when I talk about the quote unquote ideal or the perfect attractions, this is one of them because oh, it absolutely. has all those requisite elements. Right, great storytelling, great music, multiple scenes. It's multiple attractions in one. I think Radiator Springs Racers out in Carsland very much akin to that in sort of multiple stories being told. So. There are multiple moments. There's great reveal moments, great musical moments, but I do love the finale of Splash Mountain. It's probably because my glasses are soaked and I can't <laughs> see anything. That's why I can't. Usually, when we ride together, you're cowering, you know, in, in behind the tallest guy in the boat. I was gonna say behind me, but that would not be the tallest guy. <laughs> that in is the not boat, so. tall. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you that I'm thrilled. I'm ecstatic ah. that you chose Splash Mountain first. Not only because, because I, I agree with take you, your first but one? you did not take the first one. And so I want to, and because I thought you were going to go somewhere and we were going to talk about this attraction because we always 
whenever we do one of these segments, we talk about this attraction lovingly, uh, especially in its final scene. But I don't know. There, there was one or actually two that I thought of before this whose finale I loved. So do I go with the ones that just really mean more to me? Or the one that I just don't you want you to try, steal. Or, or do you want to try and beat me to the punch? That's I'm the going to try and beat you to the punch. All right. All right. <laughs> and I'm surprised. And look, I, I, I'd be, I would be more surprised. Probably next on my list. Right. I'd be more surprised if this attraction was not on your list. Mm-hmm. And it's one of our favorites. We talk about it all the time. We equally have a, uh, a very odd crush on Little Leota. But the Haunted Mansion finale for me. You know, I, I sort of did but didn't. So... Okay, good. Go ahead. I want to hear See, you. I want to this hear. is really this is so interesting to hear how we sort of thought about this. So, yeah. look for the haunted mansion again. It is a great story. It's the classic attraction, etc., and so forth. But at the end, you know, when you go through the graveyard scene, and I thought about the finale itself. And for me, the finale is when you see the hitchhiking ghosts, and you've got this new technology where they not aren't where they're no longer just images that sort of ride along with your vehicle but they are interactive they make things happen to you and the other guests that are in there so you feel as though they really are sitting on or in your vehicle with you and then the finale for me extends to little leota you know she is sort of the final scene which i love and i think that finale extends beyond the confines of the omni mover because as you walk outside into the graveyard. This all for me, the, the graveyard inside to the graveyard outside is that final scene. It is that f- attraction finale. That is how the Haunted Mansion ends for me. It's classic. It's memorable. It's musical. It has, again, all those requisite elements. And it just is plain fun and funny and interesting. And there's always a lot to see there. So Haunted Mansion for me was very much one of the, it, for me, was the first thing that came to mind when I thought about this list. You know, is where I actually tossed that. I had that on and off and on and off because I wasn't sure. And I, the only reason I had it on was for Little Leota. That's it. Um, and and it is weird what we have going on. We <laughs> stop that. But um, yeah, it was it, it was odd because um, I think the the highlight. If you think of a fun, it was how you define grand or you know finale in my mind. And if it meant the, um, you know, the highlight of the attraction, everything's building up to this moment here. It is boom. That's what made it hard. And Haunted Mansion was a little difficult because, well, it's filled with highlights, uh, you know, start to finish. Um, you could say the ballroom is the highlight, but that's not the final scene. Like same thing with Pirates. There's many scenes, but is the last scene the ultimate finale? Exactly. I don't know. Right. You know, so it made it, it made it difficult. Where my, I ended up going more was towards. I ended up with smaller rides and shows and whatnot, which which was kind of curious. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pick one here. See if it's on your list here. Um, uh, let's see. Well, I'll go with the obvious one. That's on my list. Is it's a small world. Wow. Okay. It was not on my yeah. list. It was not on your list. Um. That's that is one attraction that did when you asked which ones leapt to mind. That one leapt to mind pretty quickly because I, I do I do think the highlight for pretty much anyone going on the attraction is that final room, the final scene where all the countries come together, and rather the as opposed to the rainbow of colors you experienced earlier in the ride, you're confronted with a uh, yeah, a white blue magical scene where. Um, 
uh, you know, countries and nationalities come together as one and, you know, and sing and dance and play and all that. But, but just the visual of entering that final room, not only the color, but the, the lights on the, the Ferris wheels and the roller coasters and whatnot and the boats. Um, it's a spectacular sight, and that being the last scene in the, in the attraction, that did bring to mind, you know, ultimate finale, um, uh, you know, stamp on the story that you'd been experiencing for the last several minutes, and um, it's also it's one of those. Pretty much anyone I talk to, anyone I ask, what's your favorite part about it's a small world? That's the first thing that comes to mind is that final scene in that beautifully spectacular room. Well, now that you say that, you're right. I think about that, that final scene and it all just sort of come together in, in perfect harmony. Although I, I do, although clowns scare me to death, I do miss the clown with a little help <laughs> sign in the balloon. Aw. Um, but yeah, I think that... I'll get you one. I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> I, I think that's great. I think that's a, a, a great one. And uh, it's surprising now that you mention it, that it didn't make my list, that it was not I part am, of my list. Because it is that... It is that sort of reveal moment, too, as you sort of turn that right. corner and pass through that portal into that final scene. It is very much that grand reveal of this, uh, you know, cavernous room of all yeah. these these children singing in harmony. So um, and, you know, discounting the bye bye at the end, it is the final finale of the right. attraction, which is what the first thing I thought of. But as we discussed, hard to find. So. Yeah. And I think I think that's fair to say that the attraction finale does not have to be the final thing that you see before you step out of your ride vehicle. It can be part of the finale per se. Right. So um, I'm going to go with the one that very much resonates with me personally. Uh, it is one of my favorite attractions. I think everybody should see it. It is certainly one of my favorite sit down show type attractions and I think the finale and again this is that definition that we're going to sort of craft for what a finale is in the American Adventure is mm. incredibly moving it's inspirational if you don't shed a small tear Tim Foster you have a black heart and no soul but the you know wow. the, the golden dream song and that video montage and the even at the end the audio animatronic figures of Ben Franklin and Mark Twain uh, on the Statue of Liberty, um, you know, and those curtains rising on the side and they reveal those spirits of America. And, you know, there is so much to that finale. And it is, I think, one of the most moving of any of the attractions finale. It, it very much is an emotional and evocative finale. And to that, I think it's very powerful. And for that reason, it, it certainly becomes one of the ones that are very high on my list of top 10 plus. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I, I look no further than my parents. They love this, right? This attraction to death. And every time we go, if we do nothing else, we see it. And yeah, same reaction. Uh, I, when the statues are lit up, that's when I lose it. But I, the one thing that always amazes me about that is, um, other shows you're at, you'll get a round of applause at the end, but at this one, um, it's it's rare you don't get an ovation at this show when it's over. That just speaks to how spectacular it is. But for my next one, I have one that's like way off the grid. Hmm. I'm thinking I'll go there because it's it's it. You'll probably go huh when I say it. So I'm going I promise to. Promise I will not make that noise. 
I'm, <laughs> I'll give you a quarter. I'm going to the studios, and I'm going to One Man's Dream. I'm making. I, I'm giving you the John Belushi one raised eyebrow look. <laughs> no, it's interesting because this it's not uh, this isn't an attraction per se. It's it's more of a walkthrough exhibit. So how can there be a finale to it? Well, if you go to see One Man's Attraction, and I hope everybody does, it, it's probably one of those overlooked things that most people will skip through on their way to Toy Story Mania or Tower of Terror, what have you. But I think for any Disney fan worth this all, you got you have to see this attraction at some point. And I think see it multiple times. Um, what I'm getting at is that you walk through the exhibit at your own pace, learn about the man behind the legend and everything that went on. Um, now, you, when you're done this, you do have an opportunity to leave. But I beg you, I beseech you, stay and watch the film at the end. Um, you might have to wait a few minutes, but when you do... Um, Everything you saw before you in the exhibit, I, I think, pales to the film in really telling you who Walt Disney was, what he was about, what he believed in, and what led to the creation of all this magic that surrounds us. And for all the tear moments that we have, that I have, and I think we did a list on this, and I don't know if this was on there, but it should have been, I... I We'll walk out of there misty-eyed. Um, if, if nothing else, having an appreciation for um, the man and, and what he did. And it's, it's good to do if you're, you're walking around, you're getting a little cynical, you're caught up in the modern-day world and the stress and all that. Um, just seeing what he went through, what he invented, what he created... Um, it's not only inspirational, but it, it's just, um, it's, it's mind-blowing what one man accomplished. And so, in that sense, that seeing the attraction in of itself, something you must do, seeing the film, icing on top of the cake, you got to do it, puts everything into perspective, and I think is the ultimate Walt Disney World finale. Wow, the ultimate. That's high praise. I, yeah, considering I put it number three on my list. <laughs> <Right. laughs> but just, just in terms of making it real and what, what this was all about. Well, I think you make a good point because, look, I have certainly touted on the show in the past the fact that you need to go and spend a good amount of time not rushing through but meandering and exploring and right. learning so much through one man's dream because it does tell the story of Walt Disney and I applaud D23 since they have since taken over sponsorship of the pavilion the exhibit now features so many even more wonderful things in the display cases that tell the story of Walt but tell the story of the growth of Walt and what the company has put out as a result of him and now if you go when, when this sh uh, show airs They've recently introduced this huge scale model of the Fantasyland expansion. So you'll mm -hmm. see, you know, the the BR guest restaurant, and you'll see the castle, and you'll see you'll see this incredible uh, detailed model of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Coaster. But I think you're right. I think some people look at the film as an afterthought, and it shouldn't be. It's very much an integral part of the attraction, and 
is a, is a great finale, as it were. And the, the film itself hasn't really changed. Yes, it, what used to be narrated by Michael Eisner, now it's narrated by Julie Andrews. But other than the Walt Disney story that we had on Main Street for a while, this is the, the best and really only way in Walt Disney World to really learn about Walt Disney, the man. Um, mm. and, and, what, and the fact that it's a, an ever-changing exhibit with... Uh, different items from the Walt Disney archives being put in, there is a, a good repeatability factor for it as well, too. And I, and I agree. I think you need to stay and watch and pay close attention to the film. I think the one thing, too, if I'll just add, if I'm going with, if I'm there with Kit, whether it's my child or other children, like younger people, I think it's it's really important and fascinating to watch them experience this attraction. For For those who don't know, and a lot of younger kids don't understand who Walt Disney was and what he did, that he invented so much of this stuff. Like before there was Walt Disney, there wasn't, yeah, yeah, you know, animation as we know it. And he, animation as we know it wouldn't exist if it weren't for him. I, I think it's important that they see that and really get an understanding of this. This isn't just a guy who put together a theme park with a bunch of cool rides. Like he invented a whole universe of, of, creativity of how to express creative thought and and that that's what i like to see when younger people especially get get that realization of oh my god he did you know that's that's timeless too i think the more that you learn the more that you appreciate sure the more that you understand and appreciate it even me still to this day even tim foster even tim foster <laughs> so I, i'm not sure where to go next because the other ones on my list uh, i think are Great finales for different reasons. Mm. Um, and now that I'm hearing your list, I'm wondering if these would even be things that were on your radar. So I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe what I'll do is I'll stay in the studios simply because you're there. This is not putting my list in any sort of particular order per se. But I will say, again, as far as attraction finales and sort of how we're crafting that definition... I think the finale of the great movie ride. Oh. Did I take it? Well, that's okay. We'll share no, this one. I, but I almost had that kind of for the same reason I had wanted mainstream, but I didn't do it. So, but continue. And because this is very much part of that attraction, and when I say that, I don't mean the final audio animatronic scene in The Wizard of Oz. I mean when the vehicles come together and you have that incredible movie montage of literally hundreds of classic films and it did change it was updated a number of years ago but it it tells with really no words um it tells the sort of the history of modern cinema and there's a track uh, there's there's films in there that will strike a chord with everyone whether it's the ten commandments casablanca or, you know, young Frankenstein, whatever it may be, there's something that's going to strike a chord with everybody. And you can hear people say, oh, yeah, I know this one. Where you, as you look and you try and pick out some of the different films that are in there or some of the music or some of the actors and actresses, especially from the very early days. Uh, it's very, very well done. It's something that uh, everybody can enjoy and will certainly, like I said, hit somebody maybe in the heartstrings a, a little bit differently. But it is a grand spectacular for some people uh, an emotional and evocative finale and so that's why 
um, you know, simple as it is, the movie montage of the great movie ride, definitely one of my favorite attraction finales in the parks. Yeah, I agree. I almost had one. I almost had it in there. The I, Maybe the only reason I don't. And you know me, I usually don't say things like this, but I do have a small problem with the film. And I don't know if I want to you know, really get into it, but I, I generally do like it. I, I, I love the whole, for every reason you said, I do like watching and stuff. I just find the movie selections to be rather odd. And when you know darn why they're there. I mean, you mentioned you know, Ten Commandments and uh, Star Wars and Casablanca and uh, Sister Act and Three Men and a Baby. What? How did this? They, they throw me a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and I know why they're there. You just don't like Tootsie. I know it. No, you believe me. No, you, <laughs> and I, answered a, I correctly answered a trivia question about that not too long ago, with much to my embarrassment. So, But, oh, wait, it's my turn. Well, oh, yeah, but just real quick. So the the discussion about the the finale is one of those things like the finale of Carousel of Progress, right? Do you keep trying to update it? Do you try and continue? That was to... my next one. Oh well, there you go. I'm <laughs> I'm segueing into you. But is it one of those things you try and continue to update? Do you look? You know, when they put in films like Pirates of the Caribbean and Finding Nemo, for a lot of kids, that was when it clicked for them because that was the film that they know that they were familiar with. For some people, they may say, well, that's just Disney putting in their own film. Sure. Is it is it a bit of that? Absolutely. But you do need, to a certain degree, have to put some of those newer films in there and take out something like Singing in the Rain or Big or, you know, but they also take out The Lion King, too. So there is a little bit of replacement in there, but it's not, I don't think, like the finale of, of Carousel of Progress, segueing to your next one, it's one of those things that can or should try to be updated all the time with what's new or what's next or what's current. Well, it's funny. You do, you do run the danger of putting in something. I'm trying to think of, there, is it, it strikes me there's a Disney example of this, but something that's current that you think is going to stand the test of time that turns out not to, and it looks rather silly. And I don't know what example I'm thinking of, so I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, let's see. Well, you know, just because you did that, I'm not going to go to the Carousel of Progress. We'll we'll talk about that another time. Um, hmm. So, wait, can I just ask you, are you not going to talk about the Carousel of Progress at all? Would you like to talk about the Carousel well, of Progress? Well, because I'm going to tell you that it's one of the ones that specifically did not make my list. I know. We've had, we've had discussions about this final scene before. I don't know under what... Uh, pretense we did but um no all right you know what i'm gonna talk about it um <laughs> similar to it's a small world um in, and when you ask most people what's your favorite segment of the show it's hands down the final scene um and it's that it's that way with me too and i know we've talked about this before and i forget what top 10 it was under but um for a variety of reasons, I, 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 well, first of all, it's Christmas, and I love Christmas and everything about it. So um, even in the middle of July when it's 98 degrees outside, it's refreshing to, to, to see that and get that Christmas spirit in you even just for a little bit. Um, but I think, too, for me, there's, it's kind of an odd mix, and I think this is where you're going with why that might not have, fallen into your top 10 
um, a, a mix of technology that exists now and technology that's supposedly still to come. Um, and I like it for that sense because there's kind of a, a, as opposed to the nostalgia of the previous scenes, this scene had some of uh, looking forward to Promise of Tomorrow, uh, progress, technology, all that stuff wrapped in, into it, which is you know, part of the appeal for me to, for Epcot, part of the appeal for Tomorrowland and all that kind of stuff. So for me, that's where it, it, it to me, is by far the best of the scenes and, and it being a last one, being a finale. Now, I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Some of the technology is actually dated in there and do you continue to update it do you let it go and that's the the push pull you were talking about with with scenes like this um uh you know i don't i don't mind that the tv's older or whatever um but i am curious to hear your opinion so it, it didn't make my list and it was one of the ones that i, I specifically put on sort of the not making the list list uh, was because of that finale. And look, I have no problem with the finale as it is. It very much is, um, you know, when you sort of think about the story of the old New Tomorrowland, you know, it, the Council of Progress is sort of a museum. It's a museum that showcases our impressions and our current states of technology through various decades. And that final scene, which was introduced in 1994, is very much that early part of this 21st century. It was their vision of what that was going to be with HDTV and virtual reality and voice-activated appliances, all things that we have not recently, but, you know, many, many years ago. Um, I think the I think they did upgrade the TV in, like, 2010 to a flat yeah. panel TV instead of the, right. the projection. Instead of the Stig's projection, yeah. And so we've we talked about the Carousel of Progress on the show at length before and what it should be, do you continue to try and update it, which I think you can't, uh, because you can't continue to spend the time and the money and the resources of shutting it down to try and keep that final scene modern, right? So if you try and do it right now, what are you going to do? You're going to put an iPad to an iPhone, and in three <laughs> years, people are, people are going to be going, oh, that's so cute. Remember those little iPhones and iPads? Because there's going to be something completely different. Uh, there is a part of me, there is a, a bit of the nostalgic in me that says, bring it back to the original. Bring it back to the way it looked when it was progress land and it was the 1890s, the 1920s, the 1940s and the 1960s, that literal carousel of progress up until that point. Um, would I like the Sky Dome Spectacular come back? Absolutely. But at least for that final scene, maybe going back to the way it was and leaving it sort of uh, locked in that moment in time, the way it was in the World's Fair, maybe one of the solutions or one of the the. the ways to sort of resolve that final scene and and look no matter what you do it won't make everyone happy but this is obviously that's another conversation for you know just a fun discussion of what the final scene in carousel of progress what should that finale what should that grand finale really look like yeah, i would lose my mind if they changed it so <laughs> and a lot of look you will never make everybody happy no matter what you do if you leave it the way it is some people say well wow that's not very modern and if you go back to 1960 uh, yeah. other people say well wait a minute now they're going backwards and if you try and keep it updated people say well i had that technology last year so yeah it's interesting though cuz a lot you know the technology is here for the most part but um i think the thing that still keeps it pretty cool the technology might be there, but not everybody has it. I mean, I don't tell my oven when to turn on and off, even though I 
probably could if I spent the money on it and hooked it up. But, um, you know, a lot of stuff is there. I kind of equate it to, um, like, the latter half of Spaceship Earth when we jump ahead, or when we used to, jump ahead from the uh, what came before into what we're looking forward to down the road. So I'm all for keeping it. If that means uh, an old iPhone sneaks its way in there and looks kind of silly in three years, then... <laughs> Hey, so be it. It's like watching Wall Street and seeing Michael Douglas with that cell phone on the beach when that was all the rage. And that, That's the Zach Morris like phone. That's a save by the like bell Zach Morris phone. <laughs> <laughs> but now we look at it and we chuckle. So, so I don't know where we are number-wise. Um, I don't. Do we ever know? We never know. We never really know. That's why top 10 is more like our top. It's just our top they're more families. guidelines yeah, yeah exactly. so, um i have another attraction that that i want to put but I, i'm gonna go with this other one that really i keep coming back to in my mind when i think about attraction finales and this one may have not have been something that you thought of because again when we think maybe attraction we think splash mountain dumbo soren which was on my list some of these other things <laughs> but yeah, you're doing it i'm doing it see you see how i stuck it in there, there? Four for one. But uh, one of the, the ones that I had on my list was Finding Nemo, the musical. Ah. So over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, the, the Finding Nemo, the musical, where they took a non-musical animated film and they brought it to life in three dimensions on stage in a Broadway style and Broadway caliber show with great songs, wonderful dancing, these... Uh, you know, these these sort of human animal type puppets that where you see the emotion on the puppeteer's face as well as the animation of the puppets themselves, very similar to The Lion King on Broadway. Um, it's fun. It's upbeat. It's it's an emotional look. I'm you know, I'm a sensitive guy. It's an emotional kind of thing. And that finale, right, where they come out in that finale and everybody's out on stage and all those characters it's spectacular. It, it is nothing short of spectacular. Again, you talk about attraction finales where the audience gets involved and they applaud and they, you know, really sort of show their appreciation of not just the performers, but the um, the performance itself. Uh, I think very much that is a spectacular and memorable look. I never, now I'm showing my age, I'm not, I'm not really somebody who goes out and buys CDs, but I will tell you that the first time I saw Finding Nemo the musical, I walked outside and I bought that CD because that's how good I thought the production and I thought the music was. And as a father of two young kids, I will tell you that those songs and that performance, it got to me. It very much got to me. And Maybe you need to be a parent for some of those things to really hit home, but I think that finale to that show and that music is nothing short of spectacular. I agree. I, I will admit, <laughs> I shouldn't admit this, I was one of those people who, after I saw the show and the attraction, which, which uses s several of the same songs, I swore for the longest time those songs were in the film. And I think you actually reminded me they weren't in the film. and I, They weren't. And I thought about it. and I, Oh, you're right. They're not in the film. You forget that, that it just, wasn't a musical, right? I know. That just speaks to 
how not just how well the show is done, but how true they were to the spirit of the film and the look of the film, so much so that it becomes, you know, it just became one. And, and the songs are amazing. This, these, these songs are, these are uh, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin caliber songs we're talking about. And um, um, yeah, so yeah, I admit it in front of the world, I thought they were part of this, the movie. So That, that you know... That swim together, big blue world, everywhere. Uh, I mean, and then the it's it's a, it almost becomes a theater on the round type performance, and it's multi sensory. Um, it's one of it's you know, it's one of those things. Now I'm like, I need to go back and see it again. Uh, you got me all excited. I'm just gonna go watch the movie now, <laughs> and wait for the song to come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to the song? So. Um, I'm going, uh, see, I thought, and I was kind of scrunching my eyebrow at you, that you were talking about the the seas with Nemo and friends when you talked about Nemo. <laughs> going, huh? You're like, what is he talking about? Um, Which has a great will... finale. Wait, that has a great finale, doesn't it? Because that final scene, yes. you're seeing, yes. is, this, yes. is this next one on your list? No. Okay, so no. good. We can so, drop it in there. Right. One that doesn't so count, you but. see, well, come on, you talk about great technology, especially that first time you saw it. You see those fish inside the fish tank and they're animated. And you're like, holy smokes, how did they do that? And then you have Peach talking to you on the end, too. So, Oh. And of course, I'm walking out of there screaming, righteous! Righteous! <laughs> That's another. I do that in the film now, too. So. You must be very popular in theater. Uh, I'm actually going to go not too far away from Nemo and his pals. Um, we're going to go to the Imagination Pavilion. And I think of the attractions that are on my list, the bonafide get-in-a-car-ride-through-it attractions. This, this might be the closest to a true finale. Although I say this, the scene I'm talking about is not the last scene in the attraction, so I'm breaking my own rule. But that's the unloading scene. It doesn't count. Um, but Journey into Imagination, I think, has has a wonderful finale. It's it's one of the few. I was trying to think of the attractions where the finale uh, w- would have ended up on our wow moments that we also did. Um, which, in my mind, uh, a wow moment being uh, uh, you know, loud in your face, make you go, you know, catch your breath, and go, oh my goodness, kind of thing. And I think that the final scene in Imagination where Eric Idle comes up and says his little thing and then the, all, the computer monitors blast away um, and reveal this grand scene behind them, um, I think it makes for a great finale. It's, it, it's, it surprises you. It's amazing. It's a, it's a tremendous reveal. And I think best of all, for people who sorely, sorely miss the original iteration – of uh, the Journey into Imagination ride, which I think we pretty much all do, we'd agreed. Uh, the first time I saw that, once it uh, reopened, and once I saw that finale, if you were a fan of Figment and you were a fan of the original attraction, all right, you didn't get the whole thing back, but seeing this finale was, I think you went, oh, thank goodness this is here. Because this brought back a lot of the things that uh, we liked about the original attraction, just the the look and the feel of it, um, figment, you know, to say the least, uh, as well as the way they did things. There's, you see, 
flowing letter spelling out words in the finale now, much like you did in the original attraction. Um, you look close enough and you see the sheet music for One Little Spark, which I love to point out to people. Um, with its little silhouette tribute to the Dreamfinder, which is even more fun to point out to people, but it's hard to see if you're not looking quick. But I think just the whole look and feel of the thing brings back all the magic that was the journey to imagine a journey into imagination, the way we remembered it for those of us who love the original iteration of the attraction. And, and combined with the way they present it, I think makes for a spectacular finale. Um, as we're talking about it, a final scene that, grabs you by the throat and says, look at this. So, so when you were saying so, that you were going over to the Imagination Pavilion, I got a little excited. Because you, I'm like, thought right. I was gonna, you thought I was going to say... I thought you were going to say... Neo. I thought you were going to start singing another part of me and talk about when Michael Jackson turns the Borg Queen, Angelica Houston, no. into this beautiful, supremely... No. No. And all the... You can. You can. I'm doing my little Michael Jackson dance, and um, I still have my white glove on. But I think you're that's walking, you're aren't you? I can pop and lock with the best of them, brother. <laughs> so I well, was you like, can this go is, there if you'd like. It's a great finale, right? And so I, I love it, and I dig it, and I'm a child of the '80s. And, I, and believe it or not, for me, Journey into Imagination was one that specifically did not make oh, my list. Why? And look, I, we, I, I understand. So many of us talk about the fact that Disney World is not a museum and we understand the different iterations and the discussion about the changes of Journey into Imagination. But as the nostalgic that grew up with the Dreamfinder and Figment and specifically remembers going into the art room and the literature room and the white room and then that circular room where in that final scene you had Figment on all those different screens and he's a scientist and he's a mountain climber and he's a tap dancer and a cowboy and the dream finder is there with that movie camera and then you go into it now it's so far removed from what that was and that spark of inspiration that it did give me pardon the the intentional pun as a child that the finale scene for me now is somewhat lacking because of my memories of that early attraction and again not saying that you know i expect them to bring the early one back but what it is now doesn't resonate with me as much because of my memories of the original Journey into Imagination finale. So I understand what you're saying completely, and I love all those little details and those tributes that they put into that, but it's not the way it was. Get the tributes. I want the real thing. Well, that's what there you, you go. And yeah, if you start that's saying really another part of me, you can, you can... I had it on my list, and you didn't have it on your list for the same exact reason. Very interesting. This has been a very interesting list for us. Um, And look, I have no idea. I'm embracing progress and looking forward to the future, and you're just stuck on... No, because I'm I'm going to prove you wrong with the final one on my list. Because I am a nostalgic, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, and and there are early attractions that I love and that I miss, but... That being said, I am all about progress and I am all about change and I love and I trust this company and the changes that they make. And I think the best change that they made to an attraction, possibly ever, the best refurbishment or update or upgrade, whatever you want to call it, is the last one on my list. Wow. Because we all know what a big geek I am and I'm a Disney fan and I'm a Star Wars fan. 
And oh. I was and always will be a Star Tours fan. But I will tell you that the last tour to Endor was a great way to usher in Star Tours, the adventures continue. And I think now with all these different possible endings, there's such a great variable effect and the amazing 3D technology that the finales, plural, of Star Tours, the adventures continue at Disney's Hollywood Studios is definitely one that's on the list and is better than the original. And for me personally, that final, you talk about the last thing you see on screen, when you go to that Naboo scene and that front of that starfighter crashes through the front of your shield, not to give you a spoiler, but that is an amazing use of technology. And you all kind of jerk back just a little bit farther because it looks so real that it is really crashing through. And that's another attraction that oftentimes you will see people applauding when it's over because of how well that it's done. Wow. This is weird. I, the defense I think... I think we were backwards on our last two ones because <laughs> Star Tours was one I thought about and specifically did not put on my list. And it's so funny because for the exact same reason you put it on, I kept it off. Um, very strange. I, I'm kind of on the opposite side of that. I, I Make no mistake. I love the new attraction. Um, it's it's phenomenal. It's a must see. It's as a Star Wars fan, it's I'm right there, geeked up right with you. I'd wear my Chewbacca mask if they'd let me, if I could go in there. But um, now, when when I think of Star Tours, my thought is the original and the finale of sorts, being the finale we all wanted to live and be and experience when we were little kids, flying down the trench and blowing up the Death Star. And I, I didn't put it on now because of exactly what you said, because it's, there isn't one ending, there's different endings that I felt you couldn't really put on there because there's not really a finale per se, there's a bunch of different ones. Like the one you pointed out is great, but what if you're not on the one that went to Naboo, then you don't get that. You get another spectacular one, I will say, but um, it's where I kept it off kind of for the same reason you put it on. Very strange. That's why this is a difficult top 10 this was such a fascinating top 10 for me because for the first time our lists did not overlap as much as they often do and it's not because we have a difference of opinion it's maybe how we looked at the list or maybe how we looked at attraction finales and so more so than ever i am very very curious and i and i hope people do whether if you're in your car on the treadmill wherever you are I hope that when you get back to a computer, you do go visit the website at www.radio.com, click on podcast show number 281 for this week, and leave your comments about your favorite attraction finale. And comment, too, about what you think about our list. If you disagree with me or Tim about things that we have on our list and the reasons why, I would love to hear your thoughts. Because, look, there is no right or wrong answer. It's all completely subjective. And this is the fun of doing these lists is seeing how we approach it, seeing how we sort of rationalize or things that resonate with us for a variety of reasons. If you like something, if you agree with it, chime in. I want to hear more from you and what your feelings are. Uh, because again, too, I'm also sure that there's things that we missed that people are saying, well, this is my, how could you possibly leave Festival of the Lion King off your list, Lou, because it was sort of on my list, and I snuck that one in there too, because it does. Well, have a great... I got three on. <laughs> I am getting in here before you're done, so 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Get it in there because then I want to tell people. Uh, All right. I'm getting these three in there real quick in no particular order. You mentioned Soren. I actually had Soren on my sort of list. I did as well, too. So we both throw that out there. Disneyland at night. Oh, my gosh. Hidden Mickey in the fireworks. Amazing. Uh, Maelstrom I had on my list. Hmm. And it was, it was, uh, I really wavered on it. The attraction itself, the final scene crashing down into the North Sea with the oil rig is, is spectacular visually and does make for a, 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 a finale worthy of any finale on, uh, you know, ride to attraction. Now the question is, is the film a finale? I don't know. Even if you don't consider it though, I'm, I'm one of those people who stay and watch the film. I will watch it. I urge you to watch it. You know, maybe they'll be making a new one soon. Who knows? A lot of scuttlebutt about that, I see. But, you know, for what it's worth, the old one, I think, is still beautiful. It's a beautiful country. It's wonderful to look at. So if that's the finale, then I don't know if that makes it a top ten or not. So it fell down there. But uh, (laughs) this is also another attraction we talk about all the time. Philharmagic. Right. Seeing Donald Duck's better half falling through the wall. Um that's a finale in, in, in uh, every sense of the word. So Muppet those, Vision, those, look, are, Muppet, those are three I toyed with. Right, too. Muppet Vision too. Muppet, Muppet Vision has that sort of great, yeah. sort of grand finale. And, and again, the way that, that that ends in 4D as opposed to just 3D. Uh, I'm totally with you on those as well, too. But again, I want to hear from... track as well. <laughs> Prince Charming Regal Carousel, the most amazing finale oh, ever. How could I do that? <laughs> Marland Indy Speedway. Absolutely. Dang. All right, so listen, I want you guys to come. I really want to definitely hear from you and post your comments on the site over at www.radio.com in the show notes for this week's podcast. I also want you to go to celebrationspress.com because there you can order, subscribe, get back issues, find out more about the digital version that you can take with you anywhere on your iPhone or your iPad that will never be in the final scene of the Carousel of Progress. And and don't forget to guide to the magic.com. It's not just for kids, despite what the title says, because it's all kinds of good stuff. Love the Guide to the Magic books. All right, buddy, listen, I always love doing these top tens. You know we have many more topics in the uh, on the list to get to soon, and uh, love having you back. Thank you again for joining me, and celebrationspress.com. Okay, see ya. Prince Charming Regal Carousel. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I'll test your knowledge of Walt Disney World, its history, trivia, details, lines from attractions, or maybe random sound clips for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back to last week, repeat the question, give me the answer, and randomly select our winner. So last week, we were talking about going back in time at Walt Disney World, and I was thinking about one of my favorite classic attractions 
that didn't open up on opening day with the Magic Kingdom, but a day later on October 2nd. And while the Liberty Square Riverboat is now known as the Liberty Bell, when it opened on October 2nd, it had a different name. So I asked you to identify what the original name of the Liberty Square Riverboat was. You had until Sunday, July 1st to send your answers in in order to win all six of my audio tours of Walt Disney World and a mystery vinylmation. And once again, all of you knocked it out of the park and got the correct answer, which was the Admiral Joe Fowler. Now, there have been two Liberty Square Riverboats that plied the rivers of America. When it opened on October 2nd, this D-ticket attraction was known as the Admiral Joe Fowler. It was named after the retired Navy Admiral who oversaw the construction of both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom before he retired in 1972. Now, that ship was built in Tampa, the original was damaged in 1980 during a refurbishment and never returned to service. But fortunately, in 1973, a second paddle wheeler named the Richard F. Irvine had already been brought into service. Now, Richard F. Irvine was the vice president and director of design for Wet Enterprises, now known as Imagineering, and he was responsible for a lot of the early designs of Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And now, while the two boats were very similar, in look and size, they both seat about 400 passengers. One feature that distinguished the two of them is that the current Richard F. Irvine slash Liberty Bell only has one smokestack, while the original Joe Fowler had two. Now, in 1996, the Irvine underwent a major refurbishment and was rechristened the Liberty Bell to more theme it closely towards the story of America being told in Liberty Square and Frontierland. But don't worry, the Admiral Joe Fowler and the Richard F. Irvine live on because in 1999, the Magic Kingdom 1 and Magic Kingdom 2, the names of the two ferry boats that go between the Magic Kingdom and Transportation and Ticket Center, were renamed the Admiral Joe Fowler and Richard F. Irvine. So there's a little bit of trivia and history in an answer for this last week's trivia question. But let's get on to this week's winner because it is David McClary. So David, congratulations. Please send me your address and your email. I'll get your audio tours and your mystery vinylmation out to you right away. Again, thanks to everybody who played. Hope you liked a little bit of the history and the details of the current Liberty Bell. But now let's move forward to this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. And this one's going to be something a little bit different because I'm not going to specifically ask you a question. What I'm going to do instead is play you a clip from a current Walt Disney World attraction. And I've replaced a section of that clip with the sound of a chime. And all you have to do is fill in the blank for what that missing line or name or quote or sentence might be and email me at contest at wdwradio.com by 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, July 8th. Again, you have a chance to win all six of my audio tours as well as a Walt Disney World 1971 Vinylmation. So here you go. Here's your clip. Again, identify what word, phrase, sentence, or name was taken out from this clip. Scooter, I'd like to present the three Ds. Hi, I'm Dorothy. I'm Dinah. I'm... Yeah, Debbie was sick, so uh, the union sent me. All right, that's going to do it. Should be pretty easy for those of you who are big Walt Disney World fans. Again, 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, July 8th to contest at www.radio.com. Good luck and have fun. (laughs) 
That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Don't forget to visit the website over at www.radio.com. Leave your comments about your favorite attraction finale in this week's show notes. While you're there, be sure and check out our new videos, our multiple daily blog posts from lots of great guest contributors. We've got contests and polls and discussion forums and lots more. Also, be sure and subscribe to our videos over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Radio. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello and Facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. You can subscribe there as well. I'm also on Pinterest, Pinterest.com slash Lou Mangiello. Remember, I love hearing from you as well, too. So email me if you have a question for the show, Lou at WDWRadio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. In addition to the podcast, please come by. Join us every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, for WDW Radio Live. It's a live video broadcast where you can come join in the chat room and chat with us as we talk about this week's Walt Disney World news. Usually spend some time just chatting thereafter, uh, normally broadcasting right from Walt Disney World. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you can't catch it live, that's okay. I'll put the video on the blog, on our YouTube channel, and I'll post the audio in the iTunes feed as well. Don't forget, too, I very much want you to be part of the community. So whether it's on Facebook, the discussion forums, wherever. And because nothing beats a handshake and a hug every month, I have a WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World. I thank you to everybody who came out to the Land Pavilion this past Saturday. Had a great time getting to meet and chat with so many of you. Had a sort of post-meet mini-meet over at the Tangerine Cafe, sort of an Avengers mini-meet for some shawarma. Really had a good time with you guys in Epcot. The next Meet of the Month is most likely going to be Saturday, July 28th. Uh, Stay tuned to the events page over at www.radio.com for the exact location, time, and details, as well as our Facebook event page as well, too. And listen, if you're coming down at the end of September, getting ready for the big uh, Epcot 30th anniversary event, the Tower of Terror 10-miler, please come by. Be part of the very special WDW Radio e-ticket event, an evening at the American Adventurers Club. Tickets are now on sale on our events page. Just under about 100 days left. Lots of surprises in store. Maybe going to start sharing some of those with you. Tickets are limited, so get them now. A great way to start. Kick off Food and Wine Festival, Tower of Terror, and again, Epcot's 30th anniversary and more. Speaking of events and community, don't forget there's still time if you want to join us on our WDW Radio cruise aboard the Disney Dream, November 4th through the 8th 2012 with our very special guest just for our group, Richard M. Sherman of the Sherman Brothers. is going to be sharing his time, his music, his stories and so much more. It's going to be a blast. You can, for more information, you can visit www.radiocruise.com and cruisers, for those of you who are coming, kids or if you have children, we got something that we just set up for you guys. A new pen pal exchange just for kids. Visit www.radiocruise.com slash penpal Find out how you and your kids can get involved. Meet other cruisers ahead of time. We'll have lots of events on board just for the kids as well, too. Really looking forward to this. Could have more details about the cruise coming very, very soon. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel. Listen, if you're going to Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, Becky Mankin and her team of agents give you incredible service. It's who I use. It's who I recommend. And remember, all their services are at no additional cost to you. When you're coming down to Walt Disney World, you want to stay right in the heart of Disney? The Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin has it all. 
heavenly beds, great restaurants like Blue Zoo, Il Molino, and Shula's, located right in between Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Lots of great other benefits there as well, too. Visit them over at swananddolphin.com. And if you're bringing down the whole clan, the whole tribe is coming with you. Maybe you want something a little bit bigger with multiple master bedrooms, kitchen, pool of your own, game rooms and spas. All-Star Vacation Homes has lots of homes within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World. And don't forget, as Tim said, subscribe, order back issues, and find out more about the digital version of Celebrations Magazine over at celebrationspress.com. And I am very excited this week to welcome a new partner to the show. And you know me and my love for food in Walt Disney World, so I am thrilled to announce a new partnership with the Disney Food Blog. And you need to check out their site over at DisneyFoodBlog.com. I suggest looking after breakfast or lunch because I promise the descriptions and the photos will make you hungry. But more importantly, think about it. You know how important it is to plan your vacation to Walt Disney World, right? And you spend as much on dining sometimes as you do at your hotel. So it's important to plan ahead so you use your money wisely, get the best possible value for your dollars. Well, you also need to check out the DFB Guide to Walt Disney World Dining. 300 pages of detailed information and tips. And look, you need a guide not just for the attractions, but for the food as well, so you really can have the best possible trip. Planning is important. It's part of the fun. And the guide gives you in-depth advice, not just on the restaurants themselves and the food, but the process and the details to make sure you have a great trip. And they're so confident that you will that there is a satisfaction guaranteed or money-back offer, no questions asked. Plus, you get six bonus items with your purchase, planning worksheets, scavenger, oh look, a food scavenger hunt doesn't get any better than that, sample dining itineraries, and lots more. Plus, it's an ebook, so you can take it with you in the parks, on your tablet, on your smartphone, on your iPad. It's searchable. You don't have to worry about searching through, flipping pages. I have this book. I love this book. I endorse this book because it's valuable. It's interesting. It's fun to read, and it will definitely save you time and money while you're there. And just for WW Radio listeners, the Disney Food Blog is giving you a 20% discount just by using code WDW Radio. You can purchase the book over at dfbguide.com. You can check that out as well as dfbstore.com because there's lots of other books there as well, too. Really excited. Definitely going to have more coming from the Disney Food Blog. And AJ, I'm going to love partnering and researching as much as possible. Make sure you check them out, disneyfoodblog.com and dfbguide.com. As always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook or Pinterest or Google+. And please, come by, go visit iTunes, rate and review the show there as well. Very, very much appreciated. And most importantly, remember that each and every day, you get the opportunity to change your life, to change to do what you love and change what makes you unhappy. So get out there and always always keep moving forward. Thank you again so very much for taking the time out of your day to listen and let me share my passion for Disney with you. I hope you guys have a great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou Mangiello. This is Ken. I'm Cooper's father. Uh, Something wild just happened. I finally approached... um, I finally got caught up with your episodes here in mid-July. Uh, early July, and um, heard your heard my message that I sent uh, quite a few weeks ago. 
Uh, I sent the message uh, where my son is uh, very ill, and you had helped us a great deal. And but his spirits and his spirits uh, have dictated his health. Anyway, he continues to do really well, and I wanted to call you and give you an update because I heard that message from quite a few weeks ago. I think it might even have been three months ago, uh, where it was touch and go. And now our upward momentum that had begun then has continued to grow, and we are definitely going to Walt Disney World for a 17-day trip at the end of July, and I wanted to thank you again for everything you've done. And I promised him if he remained healthy and continued to get healthy uh, following the old Lou Mangello dictum of running in Disney World, I'm going to run a marathon for him. And I'm going to run it, <laughs> oddly enough. I'm not much of a runner. I can run 10 miles. I do a 10-mile run. Do a 10-mile run, I don't lose my breath. So I, I have something on the ball, but I've never run a marathon. I've never run over, I don't know, like 12 miles or so. Uh, but I'm going to do it in the middle of the night, alone, with a lot of water on my belt. I'll start at like 1 in the morning, and I'll keep going so I don't have to run in the hot sun sometime in early August. It's killer, but I promised him, oh, God, what have I done? What have you done? Because you created this monster and helped him with his health, too. So thank you very much. Ken Bingham, signing out. Hey, Lou, this is Paul Houck of Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Goofy Houck on your forum. Uh, not calling from Walt Disney World or Disneyland, but calling from Marceline, Missouri, at the Walt Disney Museum. That's your hometown museum. And if you haven't been here, you have to come because it is really amazing. They have a Disneyland model that will just knock your socks off that someone built. But having a wonderful time, and uh, definitely you need to make it to this portion of the country to see where Walt had his uh, inspiration. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Lou and WDW Radio family. It's Jen Tremley calling from Bristol, Connecticut. Just wanted to call and say hi. I listened to this week's show, 279, about Cars Land and the Buena Vista Street uh, recap from Disney's California Adventure. Um, I was extremely, extremely um, interested in seeing your recap review of this new land. I've been trying not to watch a whole, whole lot of uh, videos and stuff on the web uh, just because uh, it's – I've haven't been out there and I don't really want to spoil the the magic and and see everything online uh before I get an opportunity to actually go out there but I do really appreciate you guys uh your review of everything from the restaurants to the atmosphere to the to the shopping to the actual attractions um I think you guys did a great recap uh and a great review without uh giving too too much away you gave me a a awesome review of of what I can expect to see when I hopefully uh, eventually get out there. It's been quite a bit, uh, quite a, a while since I've been out to Disneyland, um, and I've actually never been to Disney's California Adventure. So um, I think, um, like one of your comments, Lou, I think that this is going to push a lot of people to to get out there, try something new. Um, you know, I've never been to DCA. I am totally looking forward to going now even more so than I've ever been. Um, you know, we get spoiled with Florida, you know, with the fact that we've got four parks and such an immersive experience when we go to Walt Disney World that in the past when I have gone out to Disneyland prior to DCA opening, it just did not feel the same to me. 
Um, so I have to kind of get that mindset out of my mind and try this a different way now that we have DCA with Cars Land and Buena Vista Street um, and some of the new things that they've done to Disneyland um, with the Downtown Disney expansion and so on. I think that um, even though you're being dropped off in the city of Anaheim, I still think there's a lot of opportunity um, and a lot of, um, you know, experiences to see out there, even though it's not the, you know, complete immersive type of atmosphere as D- Walt Disney World is. You you are, yes, in the middle of a city, but once you enter into Disneyland, you forget that you're in the middle of a city and more feel more, you know, at home. Um, so I can't wait to get out there um, eventually, hopefully in the next coming years, to, to see all this because I, I thoroughly am jazzed up about it after listening to your uh, review uh, this week. So thanks for everything. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and take care. You've got a friend.